0: Episode 246 of the Stem Cell Podcast, ISSCR 2023, on the ground. Hey everybody, we are Daylon in a room. Welcome back to the Stem Cell Podcast, where we culture knowledge and stem cell research by talking to some of the brightest minds in the field. The Stem Cell Podcast is brought to you by Stem Cell Technologies, a global biotechnology company supporting life science research and fostering communication and collaboration in science. Today, we're bringing you a very special episode straight from the ISSCR 2023 Annual Meeting in Boston, which took place from June 14th to 17th. It was a great meeting, and we had the pleasure of meeting and discussing science with researchers from all over the world. Today, we'll be bringing you some of those conversations as we hear from delegates about their thoughts on the meeting and some of the biggest opportunities and challenges in stem cell research. But before we jump into things...
1: Whether you're looking to attend a conference this year or to expand your network, make the most out of your experience by downloading our collection of tools to help you prepare for your next event. StemCell Technologies' downloadable checklists and guides include recommendations on how to get ready before attending conferences, tips for networking, best practices for your LinkedIn profile, and more. Download the conference toolkit at www.stemcell.com conference dash all right, so let's jump right into it. As Dalen mentioned, uh, we attended the ISCR 2023 Annual Meeting in Boston and had a really great time learning about the latest and greatest research in the field. We also had the opportunity to chat with attendees and learn about their research. So without further ado, let's introduce some of the attendees that we had the
2: privilege of speaking with at the meeting. Hi, uh, my name is Adam Karudas, and I'm a postdoc at the Francis Crick Institute. Uh, I was trained as an epigeneticist, uh, back to my PhD, and now I switched to cancer biology. So I'm studying epigenetic memory of uh, breast cancer stem cells.
3: Hi, my name is Aisha Nasser. I'm from the University of Nottingham in the UK. I'm a postdoctoral researcher. So I study cardiac-derived stem cells, and my job is to model them, so to create medical devices for them and translate them to the clinic.
4: Hi, my name is Arnold Lee, and I'm a current medical student at the George Washington University in D.C. Um, So I work at the National Institutes of Health and the National Eye Institute. So we study developmental eye disorders, and to do this, we create a model of the eye of the retinal pigment epithelium cell um, that lies adjacent to the neural retina, and we study albinism. So we use um, induced pluripotent stem cells, differentiated RPE to serve as the model system, and kind of a disease in dish model for studying um, ocular cutaneous albinism.
5: I'm Tiara Pavan, I'm a PhD student at the Florey Institute of Neuroscience and Mental Health in Melbourne. So we study stem cells in um, stem cell therapy in Parkinson's disease. So we differentiate uh, stem cells into the neurons and we transplant them in a mouse model of Parkinson's disease. And we look at the um, pathology of the cells within a mouse brain, so if the cells after they've been transplanted, can recapitulate the um, disease that we can see in a human brain. So, if I can use the chimeric model as a model of Parkinson's, and specifically, we have some um, stem cells derived uh, from LC patients or from patients with Parkinson's disease. So, we are looking at the pathology of those cells and their morphology and their uh, pathways that we know are affected in Parkinson's disease, such as uh, mm, mitochondrial. The deficiency pathway or lathosomia
6: deficiency. Hi, my name is Davilha Delechi. I'm a senior postdoc at Northwestern University in Chicago. So I study different models of uh, IPSCs and cardiovascular diseases, pretty much in developing new protocols for IPSC culture and differentiation to cardiomyocytes and neural cells.
7: Hi, I'm Estefania, and I'm a research scientist at MatBlate Therapeutics. So, I am a neuroscientist, and I work in neurodegenerative diseases. Uh, Specifically, we're looking at Alzheimer's, and I do disease modeling in stem cells.
8: Hi, I'm Isha Verma, and I'm a postdoc researcher at the University of Michigan. So, I work with human stem cells, and we are using patient-drive iPSC cells to model epilepsy, particularly Dravet syndrome which is caused by mutation in SCN1A gene, which is sodium channel gene. So I'm studying what happened to the inhibitory neuron of the patients in this disease.
9: Hi, my name is Kavita Raniga. I'm a PhD student from the University of Nottingham. I'm working on iPSC-derived cardiomyocytes and looking into um, finding better ways um, to predict drug-induced cardiotoxicity. So what we do is we differentiate iPSCs into cardiomyocytes, endothelial cells, and fibroblasts, and we are developing models for high-throughput screening, where we can test drugs on the cell types and then monitor the cardiac contractility effects. So if there are some drugs, such as cancer drugs, that have side effects to the heart, then we're able to recapitulate that in vitro. Hi, my
10: name is Maho Duran. I'm from Costa Rica, and I work at UCSF in synthetic immunology and also a biofellow at 50 years. So I studied biotechnology in Costa Rica, I always knew that I wanted to use the body to change something and help humanity, but I faint so easily, so I knew that I couldn't work at a hospital. And so I happened to be at a lab and understood that you can use or engineer cells to change behaviors, and that's my passion now. Um, I work at doing protein engineering to change the behavior of immune cells and then
11: target cancer and autoimmune diseases. Hi, I'm Mikkel Lund, a senior research associate at Recursion Pharmaceuticals in Salt Lake. I, at Recursion, work on different iPSC-derived neuronal cell types. We are a tech-enabled drug discovery company, and we look at different um, gene and compound interactions on a high-throughput platform and compare different phenotypes and um, different transcriptomic data to look at what compounds are rescuing, what gene knockouts and things like that. So in order to do that, we look at different cell types and screen them on our platform. And then I am one of the people that help produce a lot of those cells that we screen on the platform.
12: Hi, I am Marcela Garita Hernandez, and I am a group leader at the Ocular Genomics Institute where I have started my lab on IBS research. So my work is on retinal organoids, so it's a very exciting moment for ophthalmology research uh, with IPS. I started working with this like 15 years ago, so it's been quite right. And uh, what I do specifically in my lab is I use prime editing and other CRISPR-Cas technologies to do precision medicine. So I generate isogenic models to study mechanisms of inherited retinal diseases and also to correct mutations. We use uh, uh, patient-derived iPS cells that we convert in these beautiful retinal organoids.
13: Hi, I'm Margarida Viola, and I'm a PhD student at the University Medical Center in Utrecht, the Netherlands. So uh, I'm working with iPS-derived cardiomyocytes, and I'm focusing on uh, their release of extracellular vesicles, and ultimately, I'm trying to study their effects on human macrophages.
14: My name is Rustem Salmenov, and uh, I'm a master student from the Radboud University in Netherlands. I completed my first internship at the Radboud University studying trained immunity of innate immune cells under the supervision of Johan van der Waag. And, uh, nowadays I'm completing my second master internship as a direct cardiac reprogramming in the lab of Lee Chin at the university of uh, North Carolina Chapel Hill.
15: Hi, my name is Ryan Hickmott. I'm a fourth year PhD student at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology out in Australia. So, I'm from a lab that's studying cortical development. So, a big part of what we're trying to do is understand durification, which is the process by which the brain gets its folded surface. A really important feature of the developing brain, particularly for bigger mammals such as us and cats and dogs. But it's kind of embarrassing. We don't really know how the brain does that. So, we use a lot of animal models historically, things like the ferret. It's a weird little animal that's born smooth brain and begins folding shortly after birth. So, it's fantastic for studying this kind of process. But loving stem cells and also wanting to move away from that, my whole thing has been taking ferret stem cells, like induced pluripotent stem cells, and wanting to try and take those and make a cortical organoid, particularly a forebrain organoid, because they're the best at kind of developing that layered structure and
16: seeing if that could be a brand new in vitro model of studying how the brain gets its folds. Hi, I'm Serhii Velichko. Uh, I'm a postdoc at Harvard Medical School. Uh, So I studied pluripotency, and I have discovered the a uh, core mechanism of naive potency in mammals. So this means that for the first time, we're going to be able to make not just mice and rats, but we're going to make whole human bodies out of stem cells or any other mammal.
6: Hi, I am Salimul. I'm a PhD student from Hiroshima University, Japan. So in my research study is for traumatic brain injury model. So I am, my model is in mice and I'm using human cranial bone-derived mesenchymal stem cells.
1: All right. Thanks to all the attendees for participating in this episode. There's definitely some interesting research ideas that we'd love to dive a little bit more deeply into on a future episode, don't you think?
0: I totally agree. We had a great time chatting with everybody. It really was one of the things that I was most looking forward to at the meeting, and it was such a blast. But we wanted to hear why delegates chose to come to the meeting and what they hope to gain. Here's some of their answers.
2: Hi, Tadam. Yeah, so I love how interdisciplinary this meeting is, like it bridges uh, scientists from many different fields. So basically, that's what I want to get, to get inspired of how to branch my research in other areas that I wouldn't think by myself, you know, just staying in the lamp at the bench.
3: Hi, it's Aisha. I attended the conference because there's a lot of um, early phase treatments and clinical trials happening for cellular therapy. And that's the route that I'm going towards. So I was really interested as well to learn about um, Bob Langer's work, which is very similar to what we're trying to do using the polymers and using materials to um, transplantation routes.
4: Hi, it's Arnold. So when I'm in cell culture, um, I always put on like, a podcast. Um, and it was so cool just to see what's, what's ongoing in the field. So just learning about the different applications of stem cells in different uh, body systems, I thought was really interesting and something I kind of want to elicit from the conference.
5: Hi, it's Chiara. So um, this is my first international conference because I started my PhD during COVID. And I live in Melbourne, where we had the longest (laughs) lockdown. So my supervisor really encouraged me. And um, I'm here to connect people to understand what other people do in the world, in the STEM and STEM health field, and to get excited about what I'm doing as well.
4: Hi, it's Zavi.
6: I decided to attend to... Network with a bunch of people. We just had a paper that was submitted to be published. Like, and it was published on Tuesday, so it was a good way to showcase the results of the paper. Because I had a poster that was on the same topics that was exactly on Wednesday, so it was like, oh, the paper was published yesterday, so now I have the poster and like, I can talk to people, explain the science, uh, get to know what other people are doing in the field, especially to see how the things that I'm doing apply to other uh, research research endeavors, and. Uh, get to know how the field, field as a whole is evolving because ISSCR is so broad that sometimes if you're just working on a small niche, you don't have the entire overview of what the field is doing. So coming to a conference as ISSCR allows us to understand what, what is out there. So what other people are studying.
7: Hi, it's Estefania. So I listened to you guys talking about the stem cell conference and I was like, oh, yeah, I need to go because I went last year and it was great. Um, I actually got to see a lot of the technology advancements in terms of how we can do new assays, you know, robotic arms and uh, media changes. It's super important for ergonomics. Uh, At some point we were doing, you know, PCRs by moving things from one uh, temperature to the next. And I'm hoping that eventually we'll get there with Western blots, but Yeah, it's always nice to see, uh, especially in the vendors section, all that.
8: Hi, it's Sisha. So because I'm a stem cell biologist, it's kind of my home society. So I attended my first meeting in Stockholm in 2015 when I was a PhD student. And for the last two years, 2021 and 2022, I attended the online version. So this is after eight years, I am attending this meeting. And yeah, so it's always good to, you know, find the researchers whose paper you are reading and, you know, kind of like a fan movement, go and talk to them. And yeah, it gives the great opportunity to network and find what's happening in the field and kind of a snapshot of everything. Hi, it's Kavita.
9: So um, I attended ISSCR 2023 because it's such a collaborative network with loads of different scientists working on different fields in IPSC culture, differentiations. So a lot of the protocols for differentiating into multiple cell types, there can be a lot of learnings gained from those protocols, and also um, we're able to share knowledge Um, to improve our protocols as well for differentiation and also characterization. So a lot of the challenges and uh, complexities that we face in the lab are actually faced as well by other scientists. So we're able to learn and also share what we have learned through troubleshooting um, so that other scientists as well um, can improve their protocols and assays as well. Hi, it's
10: Maho, also very interested in space. So this is more of um, part of a consultation group that it's looking for scientists that are doing experiments that can be better done in space using microgravity. And at the same time, CROs that we can use for current research and apply it in space, for example, robotics and incubators and new things that we can put
11: in space stations. Hi, it's Mikkel. Well, one of our VP of translational models actually gave a talk about recursion and what we're currently um, building there for neuronal cell types and iPSC-derived models, and um, we decided to come and support him as well as learn, you know, different things that we can take back and try to look at on our platform and um, different things we can apply in our iPSC-derived um, neuron models. So, yeah, I was really hoping to get different ideas out of this and also um, make different contacts across the field and, and get to be here in person. I didn't get to attend uh, in person in 2020. And so ever since then, I've wanted to come and meet the people and, and learn more about it actually in person. I think there's a different feel when we're here. Hi, it's Marcella. Uh, well, it's like the reference
12: meeting. I think my first ISSCR was in 2008. And it's always been fascinating, I think, is, is the meeting where you actually get a feeling of where the field is going. So I'm um, very excited because this time was in the town where I'm living. So I invited a whole bunch of my friends who were attending the meeting. And we have like a pre-ISCR meeting as well on, on Retina and other exciting organoids. So it was just obvious and natural I was going to attend ISSCR 2023
13: being in Boston. Hi, it's Margarita. So uh, it's my first time attending an ISSCR meeting. And uh, since I'm wrapping up my PhD and I want to do a postdoc, I wanted to have an overview of what's going on in the stem cell field. And so I want to move on a bit from extracellular vesicles. And I thought it was a very good way to get up to date with the uh, yeah, last science and so far so good, I have to say.
14: Hi, it's Rustem. This is my first time attending the ICCR and uh, I was just really glad to meet with so many new people face to face who share same passion and scientific interest as me. And as a new trainee and uh, person who just started transition to the stem cell research and regenerative medicine research, it's a valuable experience to get to know such people and also discover all different types of projects that are currently being investigated. So you can always get a fresh perspective uh, on future directions that you can take on and uh, also make some
15: connections for future collaborations as well. Hi, it's Ryan. Funnily enough, it's actually because of you guys. I was searching around for new ways to consume papers and things like that because I'm just so busy in the lab. Um, often I'm just listening to audio books and not really taking in any science when I'm like on the microscope and things. And then I found the stem cell podcast. Um, and I think it's about a week left to go before you could submit a poster abstract. And I was like, all oh, right, I need to get permission from my supervisor. I need to get this all in place. So yeah, only a few months before this, it all kind of fell together and started to happen.
16: Hi, it's Sergey. Um, it's my third ISCR. um, I, I'm into stem cells and this is the biggest stem cell conference in the world. So it's always fun, uh, always meeting people I know and meeting new people. Um, I think it's a cool conference. Definitely
0: some great responses. Arun, what were you hoping to gain from the meeting?
16: Yeah, for me,
1: it's thinking about how ISSCR has been virtual for the last few years, and uh, I was just excited to see everybody in person, right? This was, in my mind, the most well-attended meeting since you know at least five years, Uh, in addition to, of course, the amazing science. And for me, first and foremost, and you might expect this by now, I was super excited about the early embryo modeling studies and thinking about some of the digital drama that was happening on behind the scenes, you know, with all these early embryo, synthetic embryo model, preprints being posted. Uh, That was really exciting to see the excitement in that particular sub-area of stem cell biology, the hottest area of stem cell biology, in, in my opinion. And we've got some more conversations with delegates in just a little bit before we get into that. Stem Cell is hiring. Stem Cell Technologies is a world leader in developing services and tools for scientists working in cell biology, regenerative medicine, immunology, cancer, and disease research. United by a foundation of scientific integrity and driven by a mission to advance science globally, StemCell is a team of scientists helping scientists. They're looking for creative, driven people to join their international team. Explore more than 100 current offerings in areas such as R&D, sales, business operations, quality, and science communication, all at jobs.stemcell.com. So you might remember back in February, we were really fortunate enough to chat with Keith Olm, CEO of the ISSCR, Dr. Haifan Lin, president of the society, and uh, Dr. David Scadden, program chair for this year's meeting. And we were chatting about what they were most excited about for ICCR 2023. And you can check out that website on our uh, website. But we wanted to hear about what the attendees had to say and what they were most excited about at
2: this year's meeting. So here's what they had to say. Hi, it's Adam. So definitely the two last talks that they pulled all the way to the end. Uh, Thomas Rando and Cendric uh, Blampen, these are the two uh, talks that I'm looking forward to from this day. Yeah.
3: Hi, it's Aisha. I'm most looking forward to seeing the advances in cellular therapy for cardiac specifically. And um, it was very interesting from the talks that I've seen already that this first in human trials happening so it would be really interesting to see the results of those and hopefully they will inform a lot of other labs across the world for those therapies especially because we're building material based therapies it would be good to know um what happens with those so i think at the moment there's um organoid cardiac um cells being Im- Im- injected into the heart, and there's been a whole pilot study with that, which is really exciting. I think a lot of the stuff that we're seeing is the translational route, and I think that's something that we sometimes don't see within our own labs, so it's really good to see across the world what's happening right now.
4: Hi, it's Arnold. So I'm really intrigued with immunotherapies and kind of the concept of like CAR T-cell therapy, um, and in the future in medical school, that's kind of an area of um, of research I want to get involved in. So, kind of getting a nice intro to what's going on in that field, I think, would be really fascinating.
5: Hi, it's Chiara. I studied before in uh, Italy and in Denmark. So, it's the first time where I can meet people that i work worked with before in both Denmark and uh, Italy. So, that's why I'm really excited about seeing like, where they are at. Uh, and uh, yeah.
6: Hi, it's Xavi. One thing, it's trying to, so like the big last talk, that is one of the interesting things. The plenaries that we just had in the morning were also interesting, seeing like Roger Cam beginning the plenary, and then the last presentation by Anna Harold, I think, from uh, KTH in Sweden. So especially because it's more related a little bit to what I did in my PhD, that was organs on chips. So that was a thing that Boston also added to the conference uh, because NSF was much more uh, cell therapeutics. Here we had like more organs on chips and other types of applications because like people in Boston are doing these. So seeing these two like talks that were related to the things that I was doing in the PhD was really interesting. And in the afternoon, we'll have a little bit more like some disease modeling and other applications uh, that match together the two things, my PhD and postdoc experience. So I think that will be really interesting.
8: Hi, it's Sisha. Oh, I'm looking forward to who are the winner. Of the poster award and stuff like that, I'm looking forward. There's a talk by Alan Spreadling. so I, I'm very much interested in like developmental biology sort of stem cell because you know you study development and that help you understand what factors to use for the stem cell differentiation. So I very much consider myself a developmental biologist. So I'm looking forward to that.
9: Hi, it's Kavita. So I think as an early career scientist, I'm really looking forward um, to meeting other early career scientists and researchers within academia and industry and um, attending the networking sessions, as well as some of the uh, plenary sessions that I've been going on as well.
10: Hi, it's Maho. So as part of my work at 50 Years, I am really interested in helping and backing up founders um, translate their research into real companies. So I think that what I'm interested in is not meeting scientists that have research that can actually change the world, but just haven't been introduced to the world of startups. And how can I help them through a process of spinning out and get there?
11: Hi, it's Mikel. I actually was pretty excited to see this last talk that I just saw. It was um, on transcriptomic reprogramming of different uh, fibroblast cells into neuron subtypes. So it's actually really fascinating. And I think it's a really interesting way to reprogram cells, especially where, you know, right now we work on traditionally derived and um, differentiated cells. And obviously that comes with its own challenges. So being able to um, introduce transcription factors and then have the cells be differentiated in a matter of days instead of months is a big deal. So I think that's really exciting um, research and, and a cool concept.
14: Hi, it's Rustem. Uh Yeah, I'm just uh, looking forward to uh, finish the remaining of the day uh, with the great talks from our speakers and probably just have some fun in the Boston as well
15: as the tourists. Hi, it's Ryan. Uh, there's actually some pretty good talks lined up for the last few plenaries. There's a lot of stuff about how to make these organoid models better. Um, they're already pretty incredible just conceptually, the fact that they can sort of self-organize into any tissue that you want. But yeah, there's so many limits in terms of they don't have any vasculature, they don't have a lot of immune cells, all these other things that can make them bigger and more complex and better. Um, And that's something we've definitely found. So we had that nice ideal of what we wanted our organoids to do, but there's always the reality of science that they're never going to be perfect. So this last day in particular, there's so much cool stuff about how you can give them more effective blood vessels, how you can just make them a more supportive and like amazing model. So um, yeah, taking lots of notes, hopefully I'm going to learn a few tricks that it's a little bit too late to apply to my PhD, but whatever I do after this, hopefully I can take that knowledge going forward.
1: Definitely some great answers there. I was definitely excited about the early embryo side of things like I alluded to earlier. What about you, Daylon? What were you most excited about for this year's meeting?
0: Well, if I'm honest, coming into the meeting, I was expecting to see a lot of translational work. I was expecting to see some early phase one or phase whatever results with cell therapies derived from IPS or pluripotent stem cells. Um, And there was some data along those lines, uh, some more preclinical stuff, really exciting work suggesting that the the world of uh, applied IPS-derived therapies is burgeoning. But ultimately, you know, the rug was kind of yanked out from under me, and, and it was all about the early embryo models, and I could not have been more delighted. I mean, the number of talks that focused on these synthetic embryos and pushing them beyond uh, day 14 guidelines and really uh, exploring the boundaries and, and, the, and the potential for these models to recapitulate, um, not just, you know, the cell specification, but the processes uh, that uh, happened around implantation was really a revelation to me as someone who grew up, uh, you know studying human development and developmental biology. The whole reason I got into it was to try and unpack uh, all those unseeable things. And, and here we are peeking into that black box. So uh, that's what I was really excited about. and And I gotta say, the research at the meeting, didn't disappoint on any front. There were so many interesting talks and posters. Let's take a listen to what some of the attendees had to say about the most interesting research they saw presented throughout the meeting.
2: Hi, it's Adam. I loved Kenneth Zaret's, uh talk. I don't know. I'm not an expert in this, so I don't know how you know, novel it is, but I really like that he showed that you can predict which cells are going to become induced pluripotent stem cells just by the mobility of chromatin at day four, days earlier before you start seeing the reprogramming. So I thought that's really cool and has quite you know implications on many other stem differentiation uh, protocols that we've seen around here. Definitely there are implications there and the mechanism is not there. So it makes it a bit more intriguing. Like why if you have increased chromatin mobility, that's the cell that's gonna, it makes sense when you see it, but it's one of these things that you, you know, you're shocked when you first come in touch with it. So.
3: Hi, it's Aisha. I was really excited about the ethics side as well, actually, because that's something really important that's linked in with the transla- tra- transplantation route. We need to, un- we need to show the public what we're doing. They have this view from social media of what stem cell therapy is, and it's often the wrong, um, the wrong point of view. Um, so there was a couple of talks looking at policies and how we actually tell the public about our work as well so it's really interesting because we've just finished a really exciting outreach project where we went out to the public and we talked about our research through images of like microscope images of our cells um, on the different surfaces on the different materials and so through that they've actually um, created fabrics with those patterns on them. And we've actually created a lab coat with that, which has been exhibited across the UK. And we've just had a meeting um, with MIT as well, um, looking to see how we can take um, this forward um, to other other areas as well. And um, so we're really excited because um, it would lead to projects where we have art and science PhDs, but also um, things that um, you know you have cross-disciplinary at the moment you know we have education system where we've got arts or sciences and there's nothing in between and i think it's important to understand that all of it in terms of the science itself but also the outreach and showing other people what you're doing is really really important and that also requires other things that aren't science-based
4: hi it's arnold reflecting back on it the first plenary session the last talk um, about like the tissue engineering I thought was really interesting. It's really refreshing when you're so immersed in like cell biology to kind of get the perspective of the bioengineering and how you kind of um, use a different discipline to integrate um, cell biology in these clinical trial um, aspects into medicine is really cool.
5: Hi it's Kiara. So I think it's a lot of spatial transcriptomics that I'm looking at. so people are looking at the human brain and looking at the uh, RNA expression in uh, in the brain of a human patient, which is crazy. So I think that's uh, like yeah, so precise at the single cell level, it's really look cool.
6: Hi, it's Xavi. It was Chuck Murray's uh, Bozok, Sylvia presenting today on how to do the integration of cardiac uh, iPS derived cardiomyocytes into large animal models? for cellular therapeutics and how they did the knockout of some of the genes that were related to the electrical pacing of the cells and how this knockout was an essential component to have the proper engraftment of the cells. Uh, So showing from a basic science perspective to translational application and doing like both types of research. Uh, And it's one of the things that if you're studying cellular therapeutics for the past 10 years, Everyone's saying like the cells are not engrafting, or the cells are creating these extra layers of problems. And they went there, figured out what was going on, and solved a problem. So that was like really cool to see.
8: Hi, it's Sisha. Uh, so I liked a couple of talks. One was by the in the plenary session. There was a talk by Kenneth Serrett and he talked about the different reprogramming factors, how they are like working to gen- generate the pluripotent stem cells. So I found it really interesting. And like in my specific field, like neuronal differentiation, there was a talk by like Lawrence Tudor and he talked about like how he is modeling different disorder and he gave a little bit of snapshot into like uh, major depressive disorder, how they're trying to model that because like since it's like a psychiatric disorder, we don't understand like what genes are affected and the modeling of them is really difficult. So now we are a little bit step closer to like understanding these disorders and modeling them. And apart from that, like I was really pleasantly surprised to see all like the clinical trial data that people are presenting so in this conference there were like so many researchers who were like presenting the data from like the clinical trial for example the blue rock therapeutics about the parkinson then there was like neurona therapeutics who was presenting data about the epilepsy trial interneuron transplantation so that was really exciting.
9: Hi it's Kavita. So recently, um, we've just seen a talk on um, the 3D vascularization model of cardiomyocytes and endothelial cells that's perfusible as well. So that's been really interesting because endothelial cells form tubes, but actually to get full perfusion has been um, quite difficult in some some areas as well. So um, there was just recently a talk on that.
10: Hi, it's Maho. Honestly, just Seeing the incubator of organoids <laughs> move around and like creating some kind of artificial microgravity.
12: Hi, it's Marcella. I like a lot uh, development and I, I found uh, fascinating uh, the long organoids. The long organoids, I think it's Emma Rollins was working on Those were pretty fascinating. Also, um, there was a whole track of ear organoids that was very interesting too. So, I I like those two, even though it's not my line of work. Um, then, of course, the whole track on clinical trials in ophthalmology. So I think we're all looking forward to see the outcomes of those.
13: Hi, it's Margarita. So it has been a lot of interesting uh, research showing up, but I have to say, like the first plenary session, The work uh, uh, on uh, human embryonology from uh, Dr. Magdalena. I found it pretty cool, but I'm not really, I I don't know that much into the topic. And yesterday I heard that's all over the news. So apparently it was really, uh, we just, I don't know, like a testimonial, like something completely new. And I don't know, I think it was super cool that you were just there in the room for the first time, even before being online?
14: Hi, it's Rustem. Yes, so far I was uh, really impressed uh, with uh, some poster sessions uh, in relation to direct cardiac reprogramming that was presented uh, uh, by researchers uh, from South Korea and Japan as well, as well as uh, from the ETH Zurich. Uh, In addition to that, uh, if we talk about the presentation of uh, Robert Langer, I was just really uh, motivated and inspired by his story because uh, we all have some setbacks in our life, right? And uh, based on his personal experience, you always know that there's a light by the end of the tunnel and we should define our future rather than letting the future define who we are, right?
15: Hi, it's Ryan. I mean, there's the most stunning stuff is uh, some of the robotic systems um, where it does. You don't even need a scientist at this point. You just put your cells in, and it can passage things. It can start self assembling things. It combines three D printing with robotics, so that stuff just conceptually amazing. Um, in terms of the actual science, though, that people have been doing, um, even just some of the posters have been phenomenal. There's um, a researcher. Um, out in Germany who's started like making a modular system for organoids, like, like in a modular assembloid kind of thing. And um, they're doing CNS stuff to model, um, like oligodendrocytes and astrocytes. And you can basically piece together like thalamatic or thalamatic uh, organoids combined with like cortical organoids and then stack them together to have like a CNS myelin kind of thing appearing. So that itself was fantastic. Uh, and then there's also someone in, uh, out my way from Melbourne, uh, Sam Barton, um, who's been doing similar kind of things with organoids and making a fully, uh, demyelinating and regenerating model of the cns using organoids so that stuff just blows my mind it's so incredible what we can do uh, particularly with this kind of goal of moving away from animal models and just being able to have this completely manipulatable and uh, pick a particle and rebuilding kind of a model yeah
16: so i love the organoid stuff i find it amazing hi it's sergey i've never seen bob langer uh in real life Uh, He's a legend. It was really cool to see him talk and he he was really fun, I thought, Um, describing his whole life, his uh, setbacks and how he was turned down. But then he eventually became one of the most successful scientists in the world.
1: Yep. I have to agree with those responses. And my favorite session was a combination of the concurrent track focusing on early embryo models and also the plenary session focusing on clinical trials and IPS-derived clinical trials and seeing how those products are and therapies are progressing towards uh, FDA approval and clinical approval is, is really exciting and it's just a reflection on the progress and the translational side of this field. It's it's really cool to see. So what about you, Daylon?
0: Yeah, I mean, I said it, that that concurrent with the early embryo modeling, for me, it was just such a great, it was great to see these OG developmental biologists and IPS researchers who invented the field just really excited about something and really curious, you know, leaning in. Couldn't wait to hear and see what these young, Trainees were presenting for me. That was a really beautiful moment. That not only, you know, was about the great science, but underscored what the ISSCR and science generally is all about. You know, the passing of the torch from these seasoned investigators to these adventurous and courageous young investigators. But I, 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 if if I'm being honest, the the best time I had there during the meeting was in that very first plenary. Um, maybe I was just so amped up about coming to the meeting and getting ready to, to get into things, but just one after the other, those first four talks just blew me away and they ran the gamut of all the things that I love about the ISSCR and our field, um, and really underscored all the exciting potential and, and how we're on the cusp of, of such great things. I mean, starting with Magdalena Zernica goats, uh, uh it just and going on from there. It was just one talk after the other. And I think the, the not only the meeting attendees but the press were kinda talking about that session for the rest of the meeting for better and for worse. So uh that was it for me. And it really set the ball rolling. But from there it was just, you know, a lot of great talks and a lot of good times, not just in the meeting hall, but in, in on the sidelines, you know, with the sidebars with all the people I haven't seen in a long while talking to them about all, all the great work they're doing and the progress they've made, how they're coming out of the pandemic. It was all so great, Arun. I had a a really, really wonderful time. All right. That brings us to the end of our ISSCR 2023 special. We had a great time at the meeting and hope that you enjoyed hearing from some of the attendees. Don't forget to check out all the special episodes that we released during the meeting, you can find them at stemcellpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Until the next episode, which should be coming at you shortly, thank you so much for listening.